Welcome to the Fat Field Family Podcast, where every week we talk about things like nutrition, training, how to live a healthy and active lifestyle with your little ones, peaceful parenting, education, and of course, mindset. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Keto Counterculture, at Fat Field Mom, and at Fat Field Kids. And search for Fat Field Family on YouTube. To stay up to date with everything we're doing, sign up with your email at www.fatfuel.family and check out our blog for workouts, meal ideas, and all the other cool stuff we love to talk about. Don't forget to hit subscribe. All right, welcome to the Fat Field Family Podcast. My name is Danny Vega, and I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Maura Vega. How are you doing, my love? I'm doing good today. Doing good today? I like how you said today, you're doing good sure. today. <laughs> yeah. It's a day-by-day thing. It's a day-by-day, minute-by-minute sometimes. You know, the, the holidays, it's very apropos that we're recording with our guest today because the holidays can be filled with all types of stress, and it could be financial stress. It could be um, relationship <laughs> stress. It could be just, there's so many things. And so, um dealing with that, you have to be mindful because, you know, when we have that stress, we can take it out on others. And um, it, it's harder when the stress doesn't stop, you know, you know, the, the stress keeps coming and the, the, the same sources of stress keep coming. And we're trying to be patient with our loved ones and our children. But, you know, it, we can sometimes take it out on our kids and on our, and our, you know, our partners. Um, but luckily, we're mindful of that. So we don't really have that issue. And if we do, we, gets, we say, I'm it gets, sorry. It gets resolved pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we I all mean, know, you know, just like any, anything. I, that's what I love about us because seriously, we do still, we want to get to the point when we can just react the right way the first time. But I really don't mind that both of us are still kind of having some of our old habits. Well, but, it's a process. It's not like, yeah. I mean, it took how much? 30 something years to build them. <laughs> yeah. You don't, they don't just fix overnight. So yeah. you have to but be we, very we're, mindful. Both of us are pretty freaking quick. When we mess up, both of us are like, you know what? And even in the same conversation, sometimes it takes like a few hours, but now it's within like the yeah. same conversation. Like, you know what? You're right. Okay. I'm dumb. Yeah. Or like you said the other day, which I really, really loved. Uh, we were talking, I don't remember. Maybe you remind me, who were we talking to that um, we were saying um, like, it's not like you're going to leave me. Are you going to leave? No. Then get over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always say that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, like, well, no one's leaving here. So yeah. we can either be mad or just get over it. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. So today we are joined by someone that you may know already, but I'm going to pretend you don't. She <laughs> is an ex-professional pastry chef turned cookbook author, recipe developer, freelance photographer with a crazy four country, three continent spanning resume. She's done things like a chocolate TV show, a chocolate cookbook, making pastries for the Queen of England. Uh, she was trained at the National Bakery School in London, which I, I'm so glad that I, I've read it because I always get it wrong. I'm like, it's the prestigious something school of London. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she creates a bunch of keto and low carb foods. Uh, I think we'll definitely talk about her um, keto for the holidays cookbook, which has been a staple for us now. This is our third year. She's a blogger. She's a cookbook author. She's a podcast co-host she's a recipe developer a photographer and she's she's just basically trying to spread the word uh, of the amazing benefits of the ketogenic lifestyle um she's done a bunch of cookbooks and <laughs> i mean she's done a lot of stuff and she's got a really interesting story we want to welcome carrie brown hi carrie brown what's up carrie brown hello Yay! Yay! 
<laughs> we have our own podcast. How, how's that? How how's, cool is that? How's that? It's, How you like um, it, it's super cool. I've, uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been waiting for this for a while. It's, uh, I know, you know, Danny and I were talking when this was still a, uh, kind of a pie in the sky dream and now it's here and it's, it's super exciting. I'm just thrilled for you guys. Your, your, everything you're doing is just so, so cool. Oh, thank you. We, we really that. feel grown up right now doing this podcasting. <laughs> like we feel like. We're, like we, like we're we are such like we adults. feel we still feel like we're playing grown up, but yeah. but I mean who cares? But that's because I mean, it's fun. <laughs> that's true. This well, is- you know, I, I stayed with you for a week, so I can attest to the fact that you totally not grown up. And <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're just playing over here. Carrie was just yeah, we're Carrie just was just with us here. in October. She was with Bless us for heart. several days and Listening she to got the to see like firsthand like what a day looks like for us from the morning we wake up to the minute we go to bed yeah and it was fun we had an awesome awesome. yeah we had that we had that um that meetup and there there was a there was a lot of hugging oh yeah there was a lot of hugging and um and and we had our meetup which was amazing and um, it was just it was a great great time and for me particularly it was um and now maura may, may think this is the weirdest comment ever but for me it was like this little oasis it was like a little week of oasis and love bubble from my from my life and and so for me to be able to come spend that time with you guys was just it was pretty magical oh thank you so much we are so glad we were so glad to have you and um i I don't think for us it's chaos but um, (laughs) i know but you know what i can see how how it's like a different per- perception, you know, like I live this craziness every day, but for you, it's like, it's something different, you know, and the kids, I mean, the kids are awesome. So even though they're insane and they are yeah, very loud, of, how loud are they of the stress, Like there's, <laughs> this house is busting at the seams with love. Yes. One, yes. One thing that, you know. Yeah. But for me, you know, waking up to Des and Dean, you know, so well, good. Des, you know, always was there with, I got up in the morning and he'd be there with his arms open and he'd yes. give me a, hug and and then dean took a bit of encouragement but you know he, <laughs> he always it, does you know, it was just and and just for me because you know i live with cats in the middle of a forest in connecticut um, <laughs> for me like running to the grocery store with des and doing that was just the oh, coolest yes, thing it was, was, just, it was super fun and he's just such a cool cool kid and awesome. um you know and then of course hanging out with getting girl time with maura and going shopping which was weird for both of us because both of us hate it because we both hate it um, but- going to the mall and being like big girls and <laughs> <laughs> and um and, and then well, you know getting to work out with the Danny Vega you know oh my gosh we have to push we have to publish those session. videos oh we gotta do those videos yeah I still do. have those you know what I'm gonna add those yeah, to the Dropbox um so um yeah it was just for me it was the coolest week and and you're the coolest people and I just love you to bits well, oh, we love so you the feeling is mutual. Um, we're not gonna. We're, we're gonna start our, our our little talk the way we always start it, and we always like to ask everyone who comes on. You know, what is the the most critical problem that you're currently walking working on? And keep in mind, it could be you know, it could be anything. It could be something personal or something oh, worldly. Yeah. <laughs> So you know me well enough to know, Danny, that I can't just have one thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You sound like I, me. 
have, um, I have I have one world thing, which is how to how to end the stigma around mental health because there is still a huge stigma, and Absolutely. and partly because of that, people are dying, and that's a problem, and that's a huge problem, you know, for me particularly, but also for you know, it's a problem for everybody. So that's my big world problem that um, I'm still trying to chip away at trying to make a difference there. But my personal world, <laughs> big world problem is this age-old, and Dan is going to start banging his head on the desk at this point, <laughs> which is how do I get myself into an exercise routine like on a daily basis? You know, I came down and I hung out with you guys and we worked out and it was awesome and I felt great and Danny took me to the gym and, and we did this workout and I felt fantastic and I was so excited and I came home fully intending to like, all right, now we've, we've broken the curse. I've worked out with Danny a couple of times. Off we go. And I still haven't got there. So, and I do not know why that is just my Achilles heel, but there it is. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do this here on the air because I think that, you know, first of all, my, my parents can't even listen to me. And I talk to my parents all the time. My dad just got a new membership and I'm just like, I've simplified it for him. I've told him, you know, you need to um, just go to the gym like three times a week, go for a walk, get in the sauna. That's all I want you to do so you can live long and be happy and have a long life and all that for you since i'm like my always thing is my my default is always like problem solve i think if you were to make an investment in the rower i think that would be like enough because it's a 945 dollar investment that would be enough of a of a decision that you'd be like you know what let me get on that thing you know let me let me because once you spend that money um i feel like especially in the it beginning kill me to not use it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's something to think about, you know, get yourself a rower, um, you know, at some point, you know, and 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 once you get yourself that rower, you know that I can I can give you rowing workouts and and things to do because it's just once you get on it, you can put it somewhere even in the house. Well, obviously in the house, especially in the winter um, where you can have <laughs> maybe maybe the view of the forest. I, I, I feel like that would probably oh, wow, be beautiful yeah. if you could do that or just the ability to, you know, watch something or listen to something while you were doing it and make it something like, like the first 30 days that you do every day. And then if you've logged it, so, think about how many people you could help with that, where you tell them, listen, let's do that challenge. Row with me for 30 days. And I'd write you a workout. And, and I got to say that um, my mind was blown when, when, Danny, when you took me through that first rowing workout in your garage and I felt like superwoman at the end of it, I felt so successful because I thought that was going to be difficult, not not in difficult in like it would be something that I would have to get used to and I just found it really easy and I did really well. And so I was hoping that I would like be carried along on this crest of the wave of success. Yeah, no, you got it. But what I did do, so baby steps. So I thought about what was the one thing that I really loved doing when I was younger, and that was trampoline, and I was really good at it. And oh my I gosh, really yes. So I, and today, actually, it came today. I bought a rebounder. One that is the, so the, oh, good, awesome. especially in the morning, like first and thing I've in the morning. Also, that's a great thing. <laughs> I will pee myself though. Can I just? So I'm gonna I'm gonna start <laughs> doing that because 
it is something I really love to do. But also I've, I've been reading that rebounding is really, really good for your lymphatic system. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. given that I've just come off of, of being, of having Lyme disease, um, it feels like that would be a really, really, really good thing for me all around. So I'm going to start with that and I'm going to do that for a month. And then I'm seriously going to think about the rowing thing because I really did enjoy the rowing. And you're right, I could put my rower on the deck and like row in the forest or something crazy like that. And it's not too, it's not too heavy to where, you know, you, it has the wheels and you can, yeah, it's pretty easy to you can around. move it around. And, you know, the other thing I'm, I'm glad about that, that rebounder, that is so good. I know that there's a lot of people that, um, advocate for, especially first thing in the morning, like within 20 minutes of waking up, get moving and those little rebounders are great for that yeah yeah and i think i think the other thing i'm struggling with is actually getting going in the morning and i'm a morning person so that's weird and i don't know what's going on and i'm getting sleep and i'm not going to bed late and so it's all good but i'm just finding it literally really hard to get revved up in the morning so i'm thinking that the rebounders gonna i'm gonna get out of bed and bounce on the rebounder and see if that will literally you know kick me into yeah get everything flowing so that's my plan right now so we'll see we'll see if i've um if i can rebound my way into cracking the exercise nut (laughs) (laughs) well it's uh i guess uh, this is a pretty good segue because you know exercise is definitely part of how you can um deal with anxiety and stress in the holidays and before we get started i i I wanted to talk because it is true like this whole thing about you know um mental health there it's a there is a stigma stigma. you know i mean maura has had issues because she's been up she's been open about it in the past and it's it's kind of made it weird with some of her relationships which you would be like what and that's because if someone says you know what's real and it's not like whitewashed then that's the problem but then if you say well i deal with anxiety but it's 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 enveloped in this like sparkles yeah bubbles and rainbows and sparkles and and it's always inspirational that is not true that is just that is yeah. not, authentic. It's not authentic and so Sometimes if you're going to talk about mental health you're not going to connect with the people who are actually having the problems who actually need it the most if you're being fake so um whew, just got to get off my soapbox for nice. a second there um and <laughs> but but yeah so, so we wanted to talk today about you know especially in the holidays you know getting through these emotional times. So for you, Carrie, what, what has been the biggest, you know what? I think maybe if, maybe it would be helpful if Carrie can kind of give her story. What, what do you think? Yeah. Let's maybe give a little bit can, of a can you give, just, just in, in case, case some listeners haven't heard your story, which they should, <laughs> and they should listen to um, your speeches, but you know, a little well, quick. We can point them to those. We can point okay. them to those afterwards, but the, yeah. I'll, I'll try yeah, and do They need like to hear the whole the, thing and it's hard to. The elevator pitch version. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, hard to do that. it's a long it, it, story, I know. It, it is a long story, but but the, the short version, and I would encourage you, if mental health is something that you struggle with or or the, the folks that you, you care about or maybe work with struggle, um, I would highly recommend that you hop over to my YouTube and watch my talk that I did uh, at KetoCon in Austin earlier this year because that will give you the full the full story. 
Um, and we will link so those. So if that's we'll something that you struggle with, the show notes. I'd encourage you to do that. But the, the short story is that I I I have a genetic mutation uh, which is known as MTHFR, and in me, one of the things that 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 does is it has been responsible in large part for me being basically born depressed. Um, so I've been depressed my whole life. Didn't you know? Spent my life trying various things, getting nowhere, not understanding why I was depressed. I had no no outward tangible reason to be depressed. You know, I I had a roof over my head, head. I had food. I had clothes. I had parents that didn't beat me. I you know I'm I'm smart. I had an education. I you know I from the outside I had all the things, and yet I walked around with this massive cloud of depression um, that I didn't understand and I couldn't get rid of. But there was no obvious reason why I was depressed. Um, At various times in my life, I have been on put on various antidepressants, all of which had horrible side effects ranging from uh, one of them made me incredibly violent. I started punching people and throwing furniture across the room, which which isn't me. I'm not a violent person. Um, uh, One of them made me suicidal. Another one gave me 24 by 7 panic attacks. One of them made me lose like 20 pounds in a week, which some might think that was a good thing, but for me it wasn't. so, and, and none of them really changed the depression, but I had all these horrible side effects. So I eventually got to the point where I just decided that I was just going to have to suck it up, come off the antidepressants and just, you know, drag my way through life. When when the depression hit, I would just, you know, put on my big girl panties and just deal with it because... I didn't know what else to do. Um, so that was my life, really, just trying to make the best of it, resigned to the fact that I was going to be, that I was just depressed and um, that there was nothing, anything could be done about it. And then fast forward to 2013, where I uh, I actually had a mental break and I ended up, um, the police came and I ended up under guard and the, the ER. As a result, I did manage to avoid getting committed, um, which was incredibly, I'm incredibly grateful for that. But as a result of that episode, um, I was required to go see a psychiatrist and I was diagnosed diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. Um, then there was a couple of years where they were trying to medicate me so that I could uh, not be a threat to myself or others. And um, there was also a period of eight months where despite the medication that they had me on, I was suicidal uh, 24-7 for eight months straight. Um, the Then... I got really, really mad and fired everybody because nobody was asking the critical question, which is why does Carrie have bipolar? No one was, all they were right. trying to do was was get rid of the symptoms. They weren't actually trying to figure out why I had bipolar. So I fired everybody. I started investigating all the things on my own. And that's when I discovered through um, DNA testing that I had this uh, genetic uh, 
um, wrinkle called MTHFR. MTHFR, one of the things that happens uh, if, if, if it starts to express itself, one of the things is that you're not able to uh, process B vitamins from their, their base form into a form that your body can actually use. The, the process for that conversion is called methylation and people with an expressing MTHFR gene cannot methylate the uh, B vitamins into a usable form. The reason why that's so important is because um, uh, the number one role of of B vitamins is neurotransmitter health. So I had basically had this massive um, uh, insufficiency of B vitamins my entire life. And there was a bunch of other things I found out genetically too. I'm intolerant to gluten. I have a very reduced ability to clear toxins and, and some other stuff. But essentially through a ketogenic diet and uh, methylated B vitamins, I have been able to completely resolve my bipolar. So I have now been completely unmedicated for over three years. And I've also had zero symptoms of bipolar for that same time. So that's that's the condensed version of why I'm passionate about mental health, uh, because I don't believe that life has to suck, uh, even for people who are struggling with mental health issues. And obviously, nobody is going to have the same fix as I did, even people with bipolar. I'm certain that, that, that bipolar is not actually a thing. Bipolar is a collection of symptoms. So what causes that set of symptoms in people is not always going to be the same. So I'm not suggesting for a moment that everybody who's been diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder just needs methylated B vitamins and and a, right. and a ketogenic diet. It's not going to work for everybody, but that's what worked for me. But I think generally speaking, there's, there's lots of other things we can do to help people with mental health issues um, that doesn't involve drugs and is far more effective than either drugs or talk therapy, neither of which were effective for me. So that's that's the condensed version of why I'm passionate about mental health and and why I will why I consistently stand up and say you know I I've had or have had whatever bipolar two disorder and life doesn't have to suck. Absolutely, um, yeah. That's I mean, every time I hear your story, it's just I don't know if it, it makes me angry or what, but because <laughs> I, I share I do because I share a similar experience and I've you know I've I've taken. Paxil and Zoloft and, and various drugs and have gone to therapy as well. And none of those things help me. Um, and again, we're not suggesting this is a cure for everyone, but I think, I think it's safe to say at this point that something like DNA testing has become so cheap now that we, I mean, if you have a child, I don't, I'm going to get my children swabbed. Like we all need to be swabbed because. When I, I, I too, I'm, I actually pulled up my DNA because I just wanted to, to see which was the name of the SNP, but I have the MTHFR SNPs. I don't have a plus plus, but I have plus minus. And then for something called MTRR, I have a plus plus. And this increases the need for B12. So basically for me, for B12, I, it's non-existent. She and this, always so- and this explains a life. I mean, my entire life struggle of never being able to get out of bed and having zero energy 
energy, chronic fatigue, and just something so simple like a methylated B12 vitamin every day has completely changed my life. And so I think it is very important now, especially that we have this amazing technology now. You know, if you can't do 23andMe, because we do have the problem with the smaller children that you do have to spit a lot. A lot of doctors are doing swabs now. I mean, I don't know why we should just be swabbing all babies, to be honest, because this can prevent so many things. And who knows, like the damage that was done in the in the developmental period to, you know, someone like you or to me, to our brains, because we didn't have the proper vitamin supplementation and how that maybe, you know, affects development. So who even knows? But it's just so important to know these things about yourself. You know, my dream, if I could see this happen in my lifetime, I could die a happy, happy woman would be that, you know, when you go to the hospital and get your baby, you get a baby in one hand and you get their DNA file in the other. Absolutely. And it's so cheap. It's so cheap. And I think that parents, if they knew how important this was, I mean, even Danny, who, who... (laughs) I'm sorry. I just think of his empathy gene and it cracks me up every time. But even Danny has, has, okay. And you know, and even Danny has the SNP for MTHFR. So what does that tell me? Um, absolutely, my children are going to have at least one plus. Do you know what I mean? And, um, you know, right. Dean shows a lot of the same symptoms with his um, low energy levels. And I started supplementing with him too. And it's made a huge difference in, in his, you know, day to day, you know, his energy levels. Um, and so, yeah, it would just be amazing if we could just swab all babies when they're born. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this because um, Carrie and I have had this conversation where it's interesting to see that, you know, she and I have a lot of the same SNPs, which is really interesting. Um, and this is why epigenetics, you know, we, we know that Anthony, Anthony J is an epigeneticist and, yes. you know, within 10 years, there should be something similar to a 23andMe for epigenetics. And that would also be very helpful for people who are adults and never got that, you know, because, um, you could turn them on and off. Right? Yeah. Like, that's that's the basically the whole deal with epigenetics is if you, if you have the right lifestyle, um, now there are some epigenetic changes that, that can happen that, that can pretty much be irreversible like you know like the things he talks about with these plastics and how they can affect your fertility and how they can affect you know even like your just your your sons and your daughters and generations generations but that being said you know like we should look at you know we should look at two two more things and i know carrie you'd agree with this is is of course genetic testing and food sensitivity panels because you know with you absolutely have any of your food sensitivities manifested themselves in a psychic in, in a psychological way mine do for sure oh yeah sometimes. yeah absolutely yeah yeah. yeah, it's um. Th- that was the other thing that I was doing at the same when I when I fired everybody and started, you know, uh, trying to figure out why I had the symptoms that that we call bipolar two disorder. I started with genetics because they're a given, right? Yeah. That, you know, they don't change. Your DNA is what it is. But the other thing I did was or one of the other things I did was I had every food sensitivity test known to man done and um, eliminating. And at the time, because I then discovered that I had a massive case of leaky gut, which yes. is how a lot of the food sensitivities are started. Yes. Um, so that helped me enormously too. But And I can't remember which SNP it is, but I do have, I've just found out that I have a genetic propensity to have leaky gut. 
So it was kind of, you know, it was all, it was like this perfect storm of, yeah. of my genetics all getting switched on at the same time. And it could have been the same thing that, that switched everything on because what switches genes on or, or snips on, you know, things like trauma, you know, be it psychological yes. or physical trauma, um, you know, there, there's all sorts of things that can switch them on. Environment, you know, just, just being surrounded by chemicals or the food that you eat. So I also found that I do, I have to be more careful because I do have a, a higher propensity than others um, genetically to have leaky gut. So I just need to, I know that about myself now, is that I just need to take better care of my gut. I have to pay more attention to it so that it doesn't become leaky because there's a higher chance that I will. Absolutely. So, But I, I love what Danny said, um, and I think this is a really, really important point because a lot of people are, are starting to do the DNA testing, but there's a little bit of confusion or maybe a lot of confusion <laughs> yes. about when when you get your results, you know, so a lot of people are getting their results and they're looking at MTHFR and they're going, oh, it's yellow or red. That means I need to take methylated B vitamins. And and that is not true. So, and the best example that we have to share with you all is Danny and I, because Danny and I, genetically speaking, and this just cracks me up every time I think about it, but we <laughs> compared our DNA. And so for like SNPs like MTHFR and COMT, Danny and I are identical. Yeah. I just think it's we're both hilarious. We're both heterozygous for both of those, right? Hetero. Right. I, yeah. And then so I think I. your COMT, your my COMT, COMT might have been homozygous. It's the same as mine. You have plus yeah. plus for COMT. So, but anyway, so Danny, Danny and I match each other on a bunch of SNPs. And, but not only if you look at Danny and I, I mean, you know, we kind of don't look alike, but also <laughs> Danny, none of those things have expressed themselves in Danny. All of those things have expressed themselves in me. Yes. So this is a perfect example of how you can be, you, you can have snips, broken snips, the, the same, but one of us, Danny, is not getting any of the symptoms of that. And one of us, me, is getting all of them. So just because you have those snips doesn't mean that it's actually going to express itself. So if you if you have the snips, don't think, oh, my goodness, I have to get on methylated B vitamins. You may or may not have to. Yeah. You, what you should, your decision should be driven by your symptoms, not by what your DNA says. Your DNA just tells you, it, it kind of, it's the other way around. If you have symptoms, then go look at your DNA and go, right. oh, that's why, that's what we need to target, rather Good than point. looking at your DNA and going, oh, I have this, I need to treat it, even though I don't have any symptoms. Exactly. Does I that totally make sense? Agree. Yeah, it makes yeah. perfect sense. But I will say, I will say this, like, um, when when we have um, when we've run out of the methylated bees and um, <laughs> well, it's funny when we've run out of the methylated bees, I have felt like a little bit more edgy um, and, and I've, mm -hmm. I've been conscious of that. But then at the same time, Maura makes this comment. Yeah, I have a I, hypothesis. She, what, what did you tell yeah, her? I'll tell, her the the I'll tell her the <laughs> hypothesis. So Danny, I was, when we first got the DNA and I tried to upload it into one of these complicated websites it was and I was Prometheus. Just, it was, had everything. I think it was Livuelo actually because oh, that okay, one is actually a little easier but um, they're reading through it and you know it's a rabbit hole you could be 
in there for quite some time. But um, I get to the mm-hmm. part. I get to the part where it says like some snip, and it says this people with this snip. It's been associated with a lack of empathy, and I start cracking up because I always joke that Danny is like <laughs> that he's kind of sociopathic, and that we're all just we're all just lucky that he's a happy guy because he really just like he doesn't have that much empathy. <laughs> it makes it and easier so, for me to cut people off. Exactly, like he cuts people. I mean, I've seen it. I'm just like whoa. <laughs> like, Someone does something he's just to someone like, I love yeah. or to me, they're dead. They're but just, so, so yeah, my hypothesis is that because of that lack of empathy, the, the calm T doesn't express itself so much because he's not as stressed as we are because we feel more. <laughs> 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 but, but who knows? Who knows? And no, and it, and it probably so does. Gonna, <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Carrie. I was just going to say, it's really important that people understand that, that it's symptom driven, not snip driven. Because mm-hmm. oh, as yeah. if, if you look at Danny and I and go, as our broken snips are the same, but Danny doesn't suffer the same t- symptoms as Carrie does. That's a great way to remind yourself that you need to be, you need to be looking for fixes based on symptoms, not snips. <clears throat> the snips just says, you are more likely to have right. this. If this right. if this gene goes wrong, you're more likely to have these things. That's what the SNP's telling you in layman's terms. I'm sure any geneticists out there are probably crying in their coffee right now hearing me explain this. But um, in, in simple terms, just because you have a SNP doesn't mean you have to do something about it. If you're not... Um, if it's not currently it's expressing itself right. i.e. in symptoms, then you probably don't have to do anything about it. So Danny doesn't, but Danny does is aware that say something happens to Danny, there's some trauma or or something, and, and his his MTHFR snips get switched on and he starts getting symptoms of bipolar or Alzheimer's or you know, these other That's things right. that are connected to the MTHFR then he knows where to look. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the way you should look at it. Symptoms, then go look at your SNPs rather than the other way around. So Danny knows that he's more, if something goes sideways, he's more susceptible to getting the symptoms that I have. I actually have them or used to. Danny is more susceptible to them. But right now he's not expressing any of them. I have been expressing all of them. Right. But we are the same genetically from an MTHFR and COMT perspective. Wow. That is so, yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example of that. And I wanted to say something really quick about the trauma because when you hear that word like it doesn't necessarily have to be like you know physical abuse or or any like it, it's definitely those things definitely occur and those things definitely affect these how how these genes express themselves but we listen to is he a psychologist what is he a psychologist he's, um well he's, well, he's a doctor he's, but he's a doctor but he started in in all he's done everything from um end of life care palliative care to um now his main his main thing is, is addicts so addiction. and he his name is gabor mate and he talks oh, a lot amazing. about you know the childhood trauma and and you know he was born in uh budapest when um the nazis were about to invade no, it was it was what was the, it? It was, not the it was Nazis. one it was, of the. It, was, um, it wasn't the Nazis that were invading, but someone was rounding up the Hungarian Jews. It might have. Yeah, been someone was getting all the Jews. A different country, but it wasn't the actual Nazis. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's. I, it's, I it's automatically awful. think Nazis when I yeah, think like Jews. Of course. But um, so well, when he was, and so some of this trauma can happen when you're a baby and you're totally unaware of it, and it could be because your parents are stressed out, and so babies feel that, and so his example, um 
when he was a baby, he was, he was crying a lot. And so the mom calls, his mother calls the pediatrician and says, can you please look, come look at Gabor? He's, he doesn't stop crying. And the pediatrician says, um, sure, I'll come look at him, but I just want you to know that all my Jewish babies are crying. And that's just like crazy. Like, it's just like, they feel that stress. And so some of that trauma is like, even when you're, you won't even remember it. Like, it's just, it's still gonna, it may be turning on those genes just by, by your your parents being stressed. So it could even, it can go that deep. And so that, that just like was pretty enlightening to me. Just like how, wow, you don't even know. Like, it's just how much it, it, it impacts you just even being around it. Right. But even, you know, even in later life, like for Danny, right, what could trigger his MTHFR now? Even things like, you know, having having a major infection, like oh, yeah. get, getting a food poisoning, yeah. that could do it. Like, so it's yeah. just, it, you, it, yeah, it could you be just anything. have to be aware that, that things like that, you know, maybe you get a case of food poisoning or maybe you get, you know, like me, I got Lyme disease. I mean, that's caused by, you know, a tick. So it's a bacteria. It, that could have triggered things in me. You know, yeah. if Danny ever got Lyme, that may trigger things to happen. So, but, but, but knowledge is power. Now Danny knows if he starts getting symptoms, he already has the roadmap as to what genetically could be causing those symptoms. So he can be on top of it, you know, right from the get go, whereas it took me a while to, you know, figure it out. But, but once you have your DNA, especially if you have symptoms, it can really, really help you to unravel where, where those symptoms are coming from and what you can do to stop them in a way that does not require you to have uh, a pharmaceutical solution. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, these are all important starting points. And of course, you have dealt with this for longer and you've had a lot of success. What about, you know, we wanted to talk about the holidays. Like, what are what are some of the things that um, people should be looking at as far as like, you know, because the way I understand it, you, have, you you know, Carrie, you know, this is not something that, that I have dealt with. So what are some of the things that people should, look, should be looking for as far as like, th- is it something that, that comes on subtly? Is it just out of nowhere? And if it is, you know, what are some solutions? What are a few things that you have thought of or that they could possibly be stemming from? So I think, and I think this is just, we could literally talk about this for weeks yeah. and mostly because it is so, so different for, for everybody. For me personally, the, as I've got older, the holidays have become difficult and I, and I don't, I don't really know why, but one of the things I've developed over the years, um, so, and I don't know, this isn't really common knowledge because I don't talk about it, but, you know, I have been married and I've been divorced for 12 years, 13 years, something like that, at which point the holidays, particularly Christmas, uh, for an English person, the Christmas slash New Year period is the big holidays of the year. We don't have Thanksgiving. So Christmas and New Year is like the big in, a, in an English person's calendar. And I started finding, and it wasn't that I was lonely because I actually, I'm an introvert. And yeah. so I'm, I'm happy. I'm super happy to be, I live alone. I've lived alone for 12 years. I have cats. I'm <laughs> not quite a crazy cat lady, but, but, but close. Um, and I'm perfectly happy amusing myself. I'm happy. I don't get lonely. So it wasn't that I was lonely and I don't think I particularly understand why the holidays were difficult, but they were. And so what I started doing instead of, you know, getting upset, trying to figure out why or beating myself up because I've had this like 
seasonal holiday sadness, instead of trying to focus on what was wrong with me or feeling like I was broken, I just focused on what to do to relieve it without trying to work out why. And what I did, and I understand that for a lot of people, this won't be a possibility, but I'm I'm just sharing what I've done to give you ideas, maybe start getting you to think outside the box of things you can do to help your particular situation. For me, I started taking a road trip. So my favorite thing to do is drive, which I know a lot of people think that's super weird. <laughs> is driving. I, I love driving. And um, I could be driving for 15 hours a day and be perfectly happy. I always say I should have been a trucker, you know. <laughs> I missed my calling in life. I should have been a trucker. Um, so I love to drive. And the other thing I love to do is shoot landscapes. So I just started this, this um, uh, what's the word, uh, not culture, this Tradition. So my Carrie Brown's Christmas tradition is that I go away, I pick somewhere I've never in America, crazy place that I've never been, and I drive there and I spend a week or ten days driving to places I've never been and exploring new towns or going to national parks and shooting landscapes. So I drive and I photograph things and and I because I love going to new places. So those three things going to new places and exploring photo photography and and driving so every year now that's what I do I kind of pick up a map and randomly say hey I've never been there I'll go there and then I go and explore it and I shoot and for me I've been it's just getting my mind off what's what's happening it's you know so I'll go away on like the 18th or 19th of December and I'll come back on the well typically I would come back on New Year's Eve because I wouldn't I didn't ever want my pets to be at home alone when the fireworks were going off so I'd always get home in time for New Year's (laughs) Eve craziness that's terrible and 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 so I would go away for what, like 10, 10, 12 days. And I would literally forget which, I wouldn't even know which day Christmas was, or I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Cause I wasn't wrapped up in that. So I'd leave before it started and I'd get home when it was pretty much all over. That worked really, really well for me because it, I, I wasn't focused on what I was missing. I wasn't focused on being at home alone. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to spend Christmas as other people and feeling like a spare part because one thing I have noticed for me anyway that that and I, this may be something to do with my introversion but maybe not I don't know but but one thing is that I find that I can actually feel more alone when I'm with other people than when I'm on my own and that maybe that sounds weird but for me being all. around other people because most people are in couples so if you're the single person if for me it, it amplifies the singleness yeah, I can rather see. than helps it. So for me, it's often more difficult to be in to, to, to kind of be in someone else's holiday than it is for me to just stay on my own. Well, Maura can relate to you. Well, I can relate, can relate to you. To you I, sometimes I feel reasons. the loneliest because she's not understood around others because I'm not understood. Yeah. 
For yeah. me, it's just different reasons. But yeah, I totally understand that feeling of feeling more alone in crowds than but just I understand alone by myself. Yeah. yeah, Danny gets me. Most so, of the time. <laughs> most of the time. But I, think, I think one of my points is don't be afraid to break out of the mold. You know, if, if, you, if going and being with family doesn't work for you, that, that's okay. It's okay for you to start a new tradition for you or your family. If you're in a inner unit, if you live with other people, or if you live alone, it's okay for you to say, this really, you know, doesn't work for me. And so me and my family or me, we're going to start a new tradition. And that doesn't involve, you know, this, this cultural, like going and hanging out with 40 people that I'm related to, that, that maybe I wouldn't hang out with if I wasn't related to them, right. or, you know, these scenarios where you're in a, in a place where there's just a mass of, of noise and food and and we do all this stuff just out of habit or culture and there's lots of people who love that and that's awesome we're not I, I'm not suggesting for one minute that the people who thrive and do well on that shouldn't actually keep going there's nothing wrong with it but there are some people for who that doesn't work and so my point is don't feel like you have to keep doing that to make other people happy absolutely because you know you're important too so don't feel bad about starting your own tradition and maybe you know since we are in america maybe do maybe compromise do one holiday one of the big holidays say thanksgiving with your family or with a big group of people and then just remove yourself from all of that at christmas so you have one holiday where you're alone and comfortable and then one holiday so do you see what i mean you kind of you know keeping everybody happy that way and and um so you don't have to compromise yourself in order to just keep everyone else happy because you're important too. Yeah. And I want to, I want to add, um, what I see that's really beneficial, um, with your strategy and with what you've done is not only are you taking time to be alone, which that's, that's a very important thing. If being alone is going to make you happy, especially because of the reasons you stated, but also the, the activities that you're doing are very meditative. They're very conducive to like those, those alpha waves, those yeah. creativity and insight, um, states of mind where you're, you're you're focusing in on your driving, so you're, you're able to just let your mind go, and you you don't even have music. You know, you just sit there in silence. You know, <laughs> did you hear the horror in Danny's voice? I'm like, she doesn't even <laughs> listen to music. She That's just has, the, you know, and and then yeah. like, and then the landscapes too, like taking pictures of those landscapes, like. And seeing the vastness, like I was able to experience that when I went, you know, hunting a few weeks ago, and that was just beautiful. So I think, I think those are um, and in Arizona, right? When you oh were in gosh. Arizona with Ross and Cara, yeah. When we when we were in the yeah. in the the, the Grand Canyon, so I was just like, this is I am nothing. I am literally a speck of nothing in this vastness, and it's just like. It's, um, it's just, it allows you to, I can't put it, if I had a better way with words and I was more succinct, I'd be able to explain it, what it is, but it just, I feel like those are important parts of it. Like putting yourself in a position where you can be in a, in a sort of meditative space. The, the other thing that I, that reminded me, Danny, the other thing that historically has, has kind of, well, not this year or last year, but prior to that, thanks, the Thanksgiving break, which was 
even more weird for me because I'm British and, and I didn't <laughs> grow up with Thanksgiving. So that's always been like this really weird holiday anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, so I always, that 10 days, I'd, I'd have 10 days off from my corporate day job because Microsoft pretty much shut down for Thanksgiving. So there was kind of no point in showing up. Right. I would, that would be my, I would do the majority of recipes for my next cookbook. So that was my cookbook writing week was nice. that 10 days over Thanksgiving. And, and, and it doesn't matter what it is, but I had this project. I had a sizable project that I broke down into chunks and said, okay, I got 10 days. And, you know, at the end of it, you become, you can become so focused in, in the project, in the creating, in the, in that, that you don't even know. It'd be like, oh, wow, it's the day before Thanksgiving. I better go to the store because I won't be able to go tomorrow. I mean, it was almost like I had no idea which day was Thanksgiving. You know, thank yeah. goodness for Facebook. Otherwise, I wouldn't even know half the time. But for me, that was either, and I, and I guess they're both projects really, whether it's driving and shooting landscapes and, and discovering new places or whether it's it's writing a cookbook, those are just projects for me. And I found that, that coming up with a really cool project to do over the holidays was really what made me love the holidays, which was a complete flip-flop from what it's been for most of my life where the holidays were just, you know, not good times where those were times when I was super depressed or really struggled um and so now the holidays are like yay I get to road trip or yay I get 10 days where I can you know not see anyone and just cook to my heart's content or whatever project it is you come up with but I found that really really helpful and you know for those of you who are just like well that's great but I'm not single I don't have that freedom I, I would encourage you to sit down with your spouse or your significant other and or your children if you have them and and come up with a a family you know what the holidays look like that that helps every member not but just not keep doing the same old thing every year because it's expected of you by extended family or because you've always done it that way or you know just out of habit or because it's traditional culture and like what will america say if they know that you're not eating turkey on Thursday? Day, you know what I mean? It's just, I mean that was a ridiculous example, but you know, <laughs> point yeah. is, you know, don't, don't, don't be afraid to. And you know, Danny and Mara, you are brilliant at, at this. Is like sit down and work out. Okay, we're unique people, and we need to take care of our little family unit. So, if the traditional extended family does not really work for all members of our little unit, then we need to come up with vaguer traditions. We need to come up with something that works for us. And, you know, we will thoughtfully and lovingly share what we're doing at the holidays and why we're doing it with our families. And then we're going to go do it. And if anyone has a problem with that, then I'm sorry, but that's their problem. You know, I, I'm, I, that is something that I definitely recommend that, I mean, at the end of the day, family is the most important thing, but the family unit that we have is, is takes priority over even the extended family. And 
And, you know, I, you know, I feel like it's my job to protect like me in my situation. It's because Maura is not the best at, you know, boundaries. setting boundaries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so she's this, she's this person who deals with, um, all this suffering and she suffers silently. And, you know, but God it, forbid I say something. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah. Sometimes she does. She, that's why <laughs> that's even why if she nothing. says something, it's taken the wrong way. Yeah. So guess what? That's what my job is. Don't talk to her. Talk to me because I'm here to protect my wife. I'm here to, I, I have her best interest at heart. And, you know, I think that that's how it should be, whether, if, whether it's the husband or the wife, you know, and then also dealing with the kids, you know, like your kids, uh, you don't want your kids to be dealing with those things when they're older as well. Like if my son does not want to hug you, he's not going to hug you. Okay. I'm not going to make my son hug you, right. you know, and right. it's, it's very important that we set those boundaries with love and without freaking out. Right. Usually what I find is when people freak out and when they, when they go crazy, it's because they've probably not set the boundaries from the start. And now the resentment that's built up because of it is coming out in an ugly way. And that's, that's totally fine too, because sometimes it takes for that to happen for you to finally be like, you know what, that's it. But it's a beautiful thing when you start to see, um, like someone like Maura actually asserting herself and saying, you know what, I do need a break right now. Or I do need this because it shows that she values herself and that she's, you know, that 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 she deserves what what's important to her, you know. So yeah, th- I mean, those yeah, are all and, important. And you know, things. and for for single people, you know, I have to make a stand for the single people because there's, <laughs> not, there's not a huge amount of us. And and I think I'm for me because I'm I'm not only single but but I'm I have no family. So I, I mean, I'm just like this little island. And a lot of the what I see coming from from people, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I don't think anyone's doing it deliberately. I don't think anyone's thinking about it. <laughs> um, but for for single people, it can very much be the oh, you're single, so you know you can do this and you can do that, and you you have to do all the things, and you have to be running around taking care of everybody else because you're single. So and you know you should be if if you're not here taking care, then you should be off down the soup kitchen, and you should because you don't have family so you should be and i'm like no 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 you know single people and particularly those who don't have family either that they live with or extended family it's just like you're just as your mental health and your emotional health are just as important just because you're currently not in a unit with with other humans doesn't make your needs any less important and you shouldn't be you know your needs shouldn't be put aside just because you're currently single Absolutely. and I, I as a single one I've been single for so long that I know that this is a thing because it's how I live I mean it's, it's what I live and I see it out there that you know all, a lot of the times the single people are expected to pick up the slack because well you've got nothing else going on or you know you've got no nothing else to do and uh, single people I'm just saying you don't need to accept that it's okay for you to say you know what you know I, I still need to get away I still need to do things on my own I still work with with people and you know whatever so although I, I recognize that most people are in some kind of family unit for those who aren't you also need to take care of you it, it's and it's oh it's more than okay for you to do that oh yeah yeah it's true I mean there is definitely of uh, a bias there even like I, I think of things like you know like taxes I think you know so you get a you get a tax 
break for not being single, <laughs> which is kind of weird. You know, uh, that's that's just weird that if you're if you're married, you you get a tax break. You know, and yeah, so that is weird. Um, so what what else, Carrie? What what other like what what do you, what would you say is because you know this is a, a stressful time. You know, the holidays and and it is an emotional time. What are what are any other pearls that you would say like for instance like what about supplementation or diet? Anything that you think I know it's hard to say something that could be like used generally for like a one size fits all but are there any things that are that you think that people may may look at or consider so again you're right danny it is it's highly highly individual and i would i would always steer away from recommending that people do anything just because someone else does particularly when it comes to supplements you have to be very um mindful that you need to figure out what works best for you and you could use someone else's you know like for example danny you gave me that this is going to sound terrible. That white powder. Was it the Alpha GPC? <laughs> yeah, didn't you? Didn't the you Alpha say? GPC, right? Yeah, you had it. Right? What, and what? and you you said to me, right? Try this. I do this. So I'm I'm good with your going out and trying it. But you know, just know that it may not do the same for you as oh, it does for Danny. So you shouldn't ever just take someone else's plan and say, okay, I'm going to do that and live with the consequences. Is if it doesn't work, stop doing it. Um, but I do think, and again, my perspective is, and it's, it's difficult for me to have an extrovert perspective because I'm not one. So my, for me as an introvert, I think creating space is probably the thing. Being allowed to step out, and I think Maura is going to be cheering here, is being your your family giving you permission to step out when you need to is. Oh, yeah. Super, super, super important. And it's probably the most helpful thing because I, if you're, if you're getting depressed or emotional or, or anything else that, that feels, you know, emotionally difficult at the holidays, I think one of the most important things is for, for the people around you, just knowing that you, that they maybe don't fully understand. But if you say, I need a timeout, that you can take that, just knowing that you can take it if you need it is huge. So for those of you listening who do have people in your life who struggle, particularly at the holidays, just I would really encourage you to let them know that even though you might not be able to help them or or really understand it, that you 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 know that they have permission to step out if they need to. F- knowing that that you can do that for me is huge. And I think Maura, you know, knowing that you know Danny's got your back, that if you need to just get up and say, you know what, I need to go and have a pedicure and and <laughs> go and. Dan- Danny will take care of the kids while that happens. Right. Just knowing that that's, that's a possibility makes everything better. Absolutely. I totally agree. Just knowing that you have that, that um, way out. <laughs> Danny's like throwing up gang signs. I don't know <laughs> I'm just like, I got your back. I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> because I, th- I think that, that for, for, for me, and I, because there is such a stigma with mental health and yeah. none of us, all, all, all of us are sitting there going, you know, we don't want to be a stick in the mud. We don't want to be a party pooper. We don't want to, you know, bring our problems to the party, so on and so forth. But I think because of that and because mental health is, is there is such a stigma about it, we end up just 
not speaking up and not getting the things we need in order to get through it. Yeah. So I think that the people who don't suffer can can be incredibly helpful to others by being aware and by just letting people know that if they need a break, that's fine. It's just the, the knowing that it's a possibility. Like the, the best example that, that comes, and I don't know if you're the same as this, and this is a bit mad, but <laughs> when my car's in for a service, like knowing that I can't leave, I know I want to leave. I have anxiety <laughs> because there's no car in the garage and I can't leave. But when the car's not in the garage and it, it, I, I'm good, just knowing that the car's there and I can leave. That's a great analogy. Is, that is even if point. I don't want to go anywhere, but but when the car's in the garage and I can't leave, I'm just like, <gasps> and, and so it's a similar kind of thing for me at the holidays. It's just oh knowing God, that, that someone would um, understand and say, you know what, if you need to step out, if you need to go sit in the in the back room or if you need to go take yourself upstairs to one of the bedrooms for half an hour or whatever, just have that escape route is yep. it's super helpful I think I think that's so it. that's what what you all can do from the people that are suffering and 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 the people that are suffering need to um well I would encourage you to speak up and let people around you know what you need and if they're not responsive to meeting your needs then maybe you want to start some traditions of your own that don't involve hanging out with with those people. Yeah. Is that heresy? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And Setting boundaries is, is is kind of a theme right now for us. So Yeah, absolutely. And something else like for those that are listening that maybe are not the ones struggling but want to help their loved ones that do, you know, that don't do well with the holidays because I can't lie like I I mean I used to call myself the Grinch and Scrooge and all that because and it's not that I it's not that I hate Christmas. I don't. It was just the stress that came with it that, that, that I couldn't stand. And one thing that I would say is like, sometimes, sometimes there really isn't anything you can do, but just don't press and don't like ask like what's wrong or it's been hard for me. I've, you know what I mean? Like sometimes, sometimes there's something and it's not that there's nothing wrong, but sometimes it's like you asking me is definitely not helping me right now. Like just, right. you know, and, and just don't take it. And also don't take it personal because that's, the, I think that's the thing that happens is like people let their ego get in the way and they start yeah. to take it like personal and like they start to think that they did something wrong and you're just like, no, no, this is just my face right now because I'm in pain, <laughs> literally right. in pain because right. of being around so many people right now, <laughs> you know, and there's just, and it's fine. Yeah, go ahead. I just, I, I do want to acknowledge that it's hard for people, the, the, the people that aren't suffering. It's hard for the Dannys of the world. It's hard, yeah, to, it's hard to, for them too. For, for Dan, the Dannys to look at us and go, what's wrong? Because they, they want to help. They want us to be happy. They want all the good things. And it's hard for them because they don't understand why we can't just be happy. But when you're depressed, it's not something you can yeah, control. You, can just you can't snap out of it. On and off. You can't do anything about it. It just, you know, it's like I can't suddenly, I just can't stop having a broken leg. My leg's broken right now. Yeah. It's going to be broken for yeah. a while. Yeah. And, and it's a similar thing. But I think for the, for the Dannys of the world, it's, it's, it's difficult. So, and I just want to acknowledge that because it is, and, and it's not that Mara and I are saying that it's all about us and you, you have to just, you have to, you know, like, 
allow us to be sad or whatever, but just understand that it's not something we can help or control. Well, and I, we're doing our best. And sometimes it's and not goodness knows we wish we weren't depressed either. Exactly, and <laughs> well, that's another I, thing too. Like thinking, like sometimes it's honestly for no reason. Like, like sometimes people think I don't know if people think that there's like something that happens that makes you depressed. Like you're like, no. Sometimes I wake up and my brain doesn't want to work. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't work right. today. But right. I think I will say this. I will say that. Um, you know, just like the, the, the analogy of having your car in the garage, like, you know, knowing that your partner or whoever's around you, your support system understands, um, and understands you. Um, I think that that gives you a calm and I feel like it helps even when there's situations when, you know, I feel like in my opinion, just in our experience, like I've, I've seen that I don't see that anymore. Like I don't see it a lot with you, you know, and just, yeah. I think it's because I've, I've, I've kind of backed off a little bit when, when that's become something and and i think it helps everyone yeah so yep i agree so it's like um i i remember thinking um a little while back you know asking someone who is you know suffering from clinical depression or even a seasonal depression or is suicidal asking them to behave normally is like asking someone in a diabetic coma to get up and walk across the room yeah yeah exactly i mean it's just like it's impossible yeah you're asking the impossible and then if you take it personally because we can't accommodate you I, it's just you it's got nothing to do with you it's just you know we have a the equivalent of a broken leg except it's in our brain and and we're doing our best we wish we didn't but it is what it is and you know just help us and and don't take it personally as Mara's I think that's super important because that just escalates everything exactly. um, when people start taking things personally totally yep so well, Carrie Brown. I hope any of that has been useful. <laughs> oh, it's no, sure I think it has, it has. been, it totally Carrie. I, I, I think it, it's going it to be awesome. It needs to be said. This, you know, it needs to be heard. This time of year, it's it's a really good, it's really good timing for this, you know. Um, and you know, it's just something to think about. You know, think about you know the people that you care about, and you know whether whether you are someone who deals with you know emotions or or stress or or um, depression during the holidays, or you're someone who's around someone who you care about who goes through it this was i think very useful so as always we love you carrie brown you know that one one last thing yep um i i posted i don't know if you saw it i posted on facebook today i just saw it i did i did i saw it yeah and um but actually when that photo was being taken i was actually having a suicidal episode and the reason for me posting it was nothing to do with me the point was and the reason i posted it now was because I want people to recognize and to really embrace the fact that we are surrounded by people who are going through unbelievable battles in their mind that you know nothing about. And oftentimes you can't see it. And we all just need to be really kind to each other. Agree. Because there are a lot of people suffering and you may not, uh, you know, we're giving you advice, but the the things we're sharing with you now are the people who know that someone's struggling. Oftentimes, 
sometimes we have no idea that someone's struggling because they put their game face on and they're out there laughing. They may be, they may have a, a, a chronic depression going on that we don't know about. They may be suicidal that we don't know about. So my point of, of posting that um, today was because it's the holidays and I want people just to be really mindful of the fact that when it comes to depression and and even suicidal thoughts, often there's no outward appearance that that person is struggling. So we should just focus on being kind to everyone all the time. All the time. I agree. Well, I don't think it's a better way to end it. I know. That's so great. We appreciate you. And well, one more thing before we get off, Carrie, uh, before we hit stop on the recording, we want to um, give you an opportunity to share where people can find you online, on the internet, social media. Oh, so my website is the real, uh, no, my website is not that. My website is <laughs> carriebrown.com. So C-A-R-R-I-E-B-R-O-W-N, carriebrown.com. You will find links to all the social media things there. Um, I do have a YouTube, Instagram, all the things. Most of them are the real Carrie Brown. Um, but if you just go to carriebrown.com, you'll find everything. You'll find my keto cookbooks. I currently have five published. You'll find links to all my social media the youtube that we talked about um the youtube of my my bipolar story if you just go to the real carrie brown um that is the the first video that you will see so that's the easiest way to find all the carrie brown things yeah and and seriously we have all her cookbooks and we can't recommend them enough you probably heard us talk about it whether it's on the podcast or yeah. on our social media so make sure you get She's those a professional at putting flavors together oh 100 <laughs> percent, man i've made a lot of recipes but these recipes are just like so well crafted yeah well crafted it's like She's also a scientist. Yeah. Because you have to be a scientist to be like getting all those recipes, right? But what's the other thing you love about the Mara? <laughs> oh, they're also... Apart from the flavor. And they're easy. Because, you know, <laughs> I've... Yeah, sometimes I come across recipes that I start reading them and I'm like, who has all this time like to make all these, you know, like all these steps and they're just so simple, easily explained. You explain all the steps, like why you're not using certain, certain sweeteners and why you're using the other ones, like why we don't substitute certain things, why you're taking certain steps to prevent certain things from happening to the food it's just great quality cookbooks 100 percent. so guys make sure to check that out um carrie brown we love you and we love having you on um for everybody who's listening thank you for listening we hope you like this episode we hope that if you do like this episode you subscribe to the podcast make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends and that's it for today thank you guys Thanks, guys 